0: Hey, this is Sayyam Bhutani and you're listening to Chai Time Data Science, a podcast for data science enthusiasts, where I interview practitioners, researchers, and Kagglers about their journey, experience, and talk all things about data science. Welcome to my favorite Kaggle interview on the series so far. Yes, my favorite interview. In this episode, I interview Andrada Altiano, Kaggle Notebooks Master. Andrada has had an amazing journey on Kaggle, which started with a post Is Kaggle helping your resume to becoming a Notebooks Master six months later? We talk about what happened between those six months, the struggles of learning something new, and how did she go about learning data science. And Rada comes from a background and an inclination towards arts and languages, and is now working as a data scientist. How did she make the transition? How did she go about learning visualizations, modeling, and creating these notebooks that explore different areas of data science, different areas of different competitions, and her general advice is to anyone who's looking out to get started in this journey. This is a very honest and transparent overview of a journey that I really enjoyed. Uh, I found it very relatable and hopefully everyone from the audience will. So without further ado, here's the conversation. Please enjoy the show. I'm very excited to be interviewing Andrada Oltianu, uh, who's fortunately having tea, which is very rare on this podcast. Andrada, thank you so much for joining me.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I just I just wanted to say here uh, before we start that I enjoy your podcast so much and I'm a huge fan. And I think your podcasts are such an added value to this community. Like I've watched so many people that I admired uh, in your podcast and it's like you can almost touch their personality through this <laughs> podcast. So it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you so much.
0: You're too kind. Hopefully people will learn a lot through your journey, which has been very inspiring as well. Uh, we'll dive a lot into different parts of it. Uh, I want to first start by asking, how did you get interested in data science? Uh, you were working as a data analyst, but you were also studying stats at one point, w- when did you realize that data science is something you want to pursue? Uh,
1: okay, so uh, I've never been one of those kids that I knew from the bat what I wanted to do in life. Uh, so in high school, I had all these people around me that were uh, wanted to be doctors, or I don't know, go into architecture and so on. I had no idea. So ending up in stats was just it just happened uh and because i really wanted to go to masters abroad i knew i wanted to work and i kind of took the decision to try to find work that would suit my area of expertise so um i ended up in as a data analyst trainee at avon and afterwards a full-time employee so i was very lucky but uh there was so two years and a half it was a great a huge work experience for me uh, and it helped me realize after these two and a half years and the ending of my stats undergrad that i wanted to pursue data science it sounded nice <laughs> this is what <laughs> i will say it it looked like something that it, The next natural step, data analytics, oh, you want to do more and go deeper, maybe try data science. And I enrolled in this um, um, master's of data science and analytics uh, in Belfast, uh, UK. And in the meantime, I remember that summer, so last summer, uh, I started this course on Udemy. It was called Data science uh, bootcamp on Python. Python
0: for data science and machine learning bootcamp, I think.
1: Oh my god, that that course is absolutely amazing. So I did that and it kind of put my basics and I tried I started because data science is such a broad uh field that everybody's talking about um So machine learning, but then it got deep learning and neural networks and then some visualization. Oh, but you know, it's no programming and it's, oh my God, what's happening? So it was very hectic for me to understand what the field is about. So I loved it and I continued in my master's and I discovered Kaggle at the end of uh, last summer, Mm -hmm. 2019. And... I've been hooked uh, on it since
0: then. Yeah. And there there are these different things you mentioned. So how did you learn programming? Uh, How did you figure out what you need to learn? Because uh, it also comes through your kernels, you're always exploring different ones. It's not just EDA, there's also deep learning, there's also audio analysis, there's also feature engineering. How did you decide what to learn? And how did you go about learning them?
1: Okay, so uh, I started with that Udemy course, right? And afterwards, uh, I remember when I was in undergrad, but I wasn't prepared for Kegel then. I heard about Kegel, <laughs> and I entered into the site and I was like, oh, this is so, so complicated, like competitions and very smart people. What am I doing here? Out of sight, out of mind. I, no, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> okay. But after doing that uh, Udemy course, I thought, okay, let's, let's give it a try. And I entered uh, onto Kaggle again just for the courses. I, I wasn't intending to do anything more, but they have such a broad area of fields, uh, uh, yeah, of fields that I thought, okay, I can further this studying of mine uh, maybe hands-on. So I started their Python, although I already kind of knew that starter. Uh, then uh, the visualization, I think they had a Pandas as well. And afterwards, machine learning with intermediate, uh, beginner intermediate. And I think they have another course. And that machine learning uh, course gets you into a competition. So I had this urge to learn more through all these courses just because they are hands-on as I said and they are very very interesting Um, so I did that and afterwards my master's also helped me kind of broaden this topic a little bit just because uh, I learned R as well in my master's so I had two two languages in my pocket and afterwards they kind of get you through data mining and machine learning, which actually ended up being some deep learning. And I got my idea on what I need to learn. Uh, They also introduced me to PyTorch, and I'm actually very happy that I started with PyTorch. Um, And another thing was the sentiment analysis bit, which I was... uh, I don't know where, where I got this. I think somebody told me as data science, you can do the sentiment analysis. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do sentiment analysis on Elon Musk's tweets. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> so original, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, so I got this idea as well. And when I started doing that uh, in my master's, I was like, oh, I need to do a notebook on that as well. on Okay, uh, not on Elon Musk's. Uh, in tweets <laughs> but on something else
0: yeah okay uh, from your uh, Kaggle profile uh, it says I I referring to you I don't discriminate uh, I love Python R <laughs> machine learning deep learning visualizations clean notebook and everything in between
1: Yeah. yeah exactly I uh, I've seen it's a debate around uh, Python or R or is Kaggle actually uh, helping you in the real words scenarios or um, I love everything I want to I'm trying my best to learn uh, anything and everything
0: so uh, you you've always had this curiosity to learn which is why you've always been picking up different skills Uh, you made a post six months ago on Kaggle it's titled (laughs) is Kaggle on the resume helping Uh, you got you got some interactions there and I I think that's what got interest you interested in Kaggle why did you pick uh, notebooks as, as the first thing to attack?
1: Um, so actually I was scared <laughs> and now I wouldn't recommend this, but uh, after finishing my courses, I got uh, hooked up on that competition, mm-hmm. uh, the house pricing competition, like the play field, playground, yeah, competition. And it was amazing and I kind of get to got to play a little bit with the leaderboard. And afterwards I was like, okay, maybe I can try a real competition. But I didn't know the perks of Kegel. And I didn't know there are people that are talking in discussions that can help you. I didn't I didn't really see the notebooks there that are people that are sharing how you can approach in starting phases with your competition. So I know I, I opened it. I tried to start the notebook. Uh, I couldn't read the data just because it was too big and pandas were like, oh, no, no, lady, <laughs> stop there. <laughs> and that was my experience. I closed it and I was like, oh my God, I'm not prepared for this. In retrospect, it helped me me a lot with uh, my notebooks process and learning, but I wouldn't recommend, competitions are the way to go if you want to truly learn. So what I did was like, okay, I can do competitions. It's for big people stuff. Uh, What can I do here? Because it's still interesting. So um, I know I wanted, so the first notebook, uh, I was like okay I really want to play a little bit with pandas and visualization just because I didn't have a, a, a good grasp on it so I'm gonna do that and afterwards I was like okay I can start learning plotly what subject can I choose to learn plotly uh, afterwards I think I had a datathon in Belfast which was amazing this was an on-site back in the time when we were able to do that. What are on you talking site... about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh on site Datathon, it was amazing. Um and because we were such a mess. The team was such a mess uh in the Datathon. Uh, it was on Kaggle uh mental health in tech survey. And I remember I went back home. I was like, okay, I want to do this right. And uh, I redid it and started cleaning. It was my first time actually cleaning some data. And I remember I tried to do a bunch of stuff like also visualization, but oh, maybe we can do some classification here and so on. So I was pairing what I learned in school with what I was interested in and everything. And I started doing notebooks. And I think around January this year or February, I was like, okay, I want to, to try another competition again. And I tried the Titanic competition. And I was like, okay, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try this. And I had a pretty good score, I think, but I was way down in the leaderboard. How can I do this better? <laughs> it was my question. How can I do this? And then I discovered the notebook section. And I remember this guy that opened my mind in the idea of how notebooks can actually be so insightful and clean. Uh, it was from Turkey, I think, oh, I'm going to butcher his name, Gudes Evitan, it's a guy that has lots of upvotes on his notebook on mm. Titanic and does feature engineering, like hardcore feature engineering on Titanic, hardcore. And um, I kind of followed his notebook and he was so structured and amazing. And I was like, oh my God, I want people to look at my notebooks and feel that they can understand and have some insight. I don't want to throw things around there. And this was like a, a step up for me And afterwards, I remember for the sentiment analysis, I was like, oh, I can research on Kegel as well. And I found Xavier, which was amazing. Again, with his R notebooks and his sentiment analysis, I think it was on Lord of the Rings data. And it helped me a lot. And it was also the first time I kind of uh, connected with somebody on Kegel just because I tweeted my notebook with thanks to him because it was his idea mm-hmm. and he responded and he was like oh my god I'm so happy And like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay um, and lastly what gave me kind of the community brings you up and kind of helps you as well because you give you get feedback on your work good and bad and you can choose to implement it and I remember I was having such a tough time with the deep learning. It was such an abstract concept for me. I, all my YouTube page was recommendations of deep learning.
0: Isn't that how it's supposed to be all the time? You try to go watch a music video and the next recommendation is a lecture. Yeah,
1: Exactly. I I had no idea where I could get some information on deep learning and I was trying to learn on everything and I think it took me maybe two or three months to get a grasp grasp on the basics but a very good grasp so I was like first of all I can do these notebooks just for myself I wasn't doing them actually for because I was learning for an exam so I did them especially for me, just to lay out everything. But I realized that when you are doing these notebooks for others as well, you are doing them better just because you kind of, well, I can get it, but maybe somebody needs more explanations. So you go there and through these explanations, you're starting to actually learn and understand yourself. So I did this deep learning notebooks on uh, fit for neural networks, uh, convolutional and recurrent, like the basics. And I remember Chris Deote, maybe I shouldn't say this, I'm embarrassing him. Chris Deote, uh, commented on one of my notebooks saying, Oh my god, very good explanation. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so that's where I knew I'm on the right path with the notebooks. Uh, I'm I'm tackling competitions now, but still I, I'm most known for my notebooks at the moment.
0: Yeah. Okay. The the community aspect, it's, it's a very vibrant community on Kaggle. Uh, I don't think uh, there's some negative instances, but most of the times it's uh, everyone who's there to learn and grow together uh, on the platform and in data science. Yeah, I agree. For the audience, I'd also like to mention you did win a beginner spot prize in the datathon uh, you had mentioned on, on the kernel uh, or on the data set that you, you mentioned on mental health.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a beginner's prize because we were, we were four girls in the team and we were very excited. And I think that's what got our prize because... Uh, we were a mess. We didn't know what to do. We didn't uh, get who pie charm who? <laughs> And we just met and nobody knew what uh, the other w- were knowing. And it was a mess. But it was so fun. And I remember it was a two day competition. And um, I got up. So Saturday was all day and Sunday half a day. And I got up and was at school at, I think, 7.30 or 8. And then the girls came later, but they told, they've told they told me that they slipped in just because they went to sleep at 2 or 3 in the morning because she had this huge idea. And, oh, my God, how to do this? So we were super excited about this, and we tried our best. Uh, and I think the people, that uh, the organizers, um, saw that and were like, we want to encourage <laughs> this.
0: Got yeah. it. That's that's also a very honest reflection on your journey. I think uh, maybe it's just me. Uh, maybe I'm too slow in learning, but there's always this feeling whenever we're starting some, with something new, it's like being thrown into water. I don't know how to swim and you're just <laughs> throwing your head, hands and feet around in water. Uh, if you try to, If I try to pick up Plotly, I look at interesting plots, but I don't know how to get there. I look at feature engineering all right. but how do I get there uh, with Plotly? I'm trying to make sub graphs, but things aren't coming right. They're, they're being printed left and right. Nothing's working. Then I get, then you get an idea. Some things work, then nothing works. And and it's it's this cycle. So uh, w- was it a similar process for you? How, how did you progress through learning all of these?
1: It was a very similar cycle for me. <laughs> That's a and... really weird. <laughs> Uh, I've been told and maybe you should do that too to not tell myself I'm a slow learner just because I don't know uh, I think everybody in some areas are slow learners and I think that's the best way to do it because when you succeed you are super super happy and accomplished with uh, what you did whereas if you do it in a just a few seconds. Maybe it's not going to be that interesting to you just because you did it so quick. So this pace, I think, although I hate it, <laughs> because I feel like all other people, I I watch other people and I see their progress is much faster maybe than mine, or they are doing much more interesting stuff. Or exactly. but everybody is extremely different. And you should just compare yourself to what you did, to, to what you were yesterday or last year. So, and maybe at some point, you're kind of starting to uh, flatten mm-hmm. your learning curve, which is okay. You can then realize it and be like, oh, okay, I need to try harder, learn more. Maybe I'm not where I, where I want to be. But don't compare with the guy uh, or the girl last year who just started and now they're like, Phew. No, they are just them. You don't know their background. You don't know. Maybe uh, I, never, I never had uh, this uh, inclination towards math. Never. <laughs> My parents are still shocked what I'm doing now. And Makes <laughs> the <two of> us. <laughs> I am currently shocked as well. I was usually towards the artsy stuff and languages and reading. That's what my stuff, math, no, programming, no, what? But I, I feel like I am incorporating that artist stuff now whenever I'm doing notebooks or visualizations or stuff like that. So I'm not shutting that down completely, but I learned to love, this slow pace <laughs> but at the end I really really get something and I'm really really happy and that's all that matters.
0: That's yeah. that's a very great advice for anyone who's, who's struggling with their learning. Um, so when, when you started with kernels uh, and there's also this aspect on Kaggle that you're looking around on different kernels, you are sort of trying to learn what's going on there, and then you're trying to bring that uh, with your own twist, which you do. In the initial phase, uh, you just end up, or at least I just end up replicating the notebook I was looking at. So how did you get started with uh, improving uh, on on your uh, storytelling skills?
1: Um, I think the artist stuff comes here yeah exactly. So the first thing I usually uh, maybe is, this is gonna be unsolicited advice, but what I usually do is not just fork the kernel, I do a whole new uh, notebook by myself and then I follow it by coding the other notebook because by coding you print a lot of stuff, you look at maybe tweaks and you're you're having this idea oh this, this person did like this but I think I can do it like this because it's much cleaner or I want to look at this result as well. So by forking you're just copying and you're trying to build on it whereas when you are kind of following the notebook line by line you are getting new ideas no matter what. Even if it's just changing the colors because maybe those doesn't suit you or I don't know, changing the code to be, maybe this would be a function better and so on. So this is what I usually do in the, in the beginning. And afterwards, for example, for notebooks on competitions, for word call, for example, I was, okay, this is gonna be a very, very interesting uh, EDA. But how do I do this to be very, very pretty? And I was so excited about the birds and the idea of singing and they're, oh, you're so cute. And then I got, I got from Xavier, actually, he had this notebook, I think on Star Wars, that he was putting uh, images on the, on the plots. So it wasn't an original idea, Mm -hmm. Uh, no way, but I knew I wanted to do that at some point. And this felt that uh, was the perfect competition for that. Or for example, uh, the color schemes, I would say are very important as well. And maybe you can find some, uh, I use HTML color codes. Uh, you can Google it, It's uh, it's a very, very nice site. Or color palettes, I think, C-O-O-L-O-R-S, I think. It's another great site for uh, color palettes and so on. So you can try that as well. Um, and I think improving, it's also writing. You need to be sure that you don't just use bolding for anything. You want to try to use bolding for really the important stuff. Or when you're writing something that kind of concludes or you're uh, getting some new idea and you want to put it in there, you want to highlight it very, very well. So playing with these tweaks uh, on notebooks, it's also very, very special. And also being sure that the notebook is very clean, no weird lines there, hide what you need to hide, Keep it very, very clean in coding as well. I also like to, <laughs> this is where my slow learning <laughs> also comes from. I usually comment, I comment and I do the, uh, the line of code. Comment, do the line of code, just because I find it more easily to, uh, to understand <laughs> what I'm doing when it's everything commented. Whereas there are this all these people, like these grandmasters on competitions that are doing like hugely, hugely uh, intelligent notebooks, but there is no comments. So mm-hmm. I need to slowly, slowly get into them and be stuck at some point and spend there a few days, maybe, and afterwards go back. So comments, in my opinion, are very important, especially not only for beginners, but if you want a person to understand what you did, because everybody has its own style, right? Um, you want to comment just a little bit, at least, to to help the people.
0: Absolutely, uh, your your attention to detail. I think it's it's true to anyone uh, who has who does great storytelling. There are these little attention to detail. Martin Hens heads or tails uh, does it? Parvul Pandey does it? In your uh, bird call uh, notebook, for example, you've matched the color of the bird's picture with the plot's colors in every single plot. And th- there's these little details, attention to details that really make it stand out for, for a reader who's who's really trying to understand what's going on.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you saw that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sure do. everyone did. Uh, so w- w- what does a end-to-end process for you look like once you have an idea? Uh, or... A thought? How, how do you go about writing the kernel? or How do you pick up the idea? And where, where do you go from there?
1: Um, on so I would say it's the same process when I'm doing a notebook for a competition and a notebook just for how I did for example, an analysis on uh, the Rick and Morty uh, scripts or the deep so these are off competitions but this process I would say is the same. So first of all, I find what I want to talk about. So whether it's something that you'd want to learn, like, for example, uh, you you want to get a better grasp of R, for example. You know Python very well, but you want to understand R. So this is going to be a notebook on R. Uh, what exactly? Choose a topic or choose a competition that's going to suit kind of your needs and what you'd like to learn. And first of all, go maybe through the notebooks that are already there, because d- don't forget to reference them, of course. But go through those uh, this work because these people already put so much effort into it. So you are very new to this topic These people already did half a job for you. They've researched, they've looked on Google, they already know the basic stuff. So you can look at them and then try to see how you can incorporate that in your, your notebook. Afterwards, when you did that research, you can start coding. And from that, just I usually let my imagination go wherever I would feel like it would be interesting depending on the on the topic Um, and afterwards you start googling more because you can get some ideas just by googling or for example um, you don't even have to google data science stuff to get ideas Uh, i was looking i think it was i don't know it was a site on some explanations and they had this you know how in Jupyter Notebooks you can put um, these highlighted areas where you can do in CSS, we can do like warnings where are red and green, where are success yes. and so on. Yeah, so these are the basic stuff. But I saw in this, uh, on this site, they were using something a bit different and they were using different colors and the shading was a bit different and they had a nice shadow to it. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. (laughs) I'm not letting this down until I'm I'm being able to do that. And I figured it out in a long time, but I did it. Uh, So you can get ideas on the Google is on to your feet, right? You you can use Google any time. And afterwards, just do your references as as I've said, and uh, also post on LinkedIn and Twitter because you want to share that with your community. I would say the end goal, of course, upvotes are very nice and upvotes help you get out there and get some reach and show that you are really good at what you're doing. But if you're starting with just, okay, I need to have lots of upvotes, your creativity is going to, it's going to be shut because uh, I saw this, uh, side note, I saw this, uh, it was a documentary and they were studying people and it was a creative process, but some of them were just incentivized with having fun and the others with money. The ones that were incentivized with money because it was a creative process performed worse than the one that was, were just having fun. Because, of course, when it's a, how to say it, when it's a kind of mathematic process, money might influence, and in this case, upvotes, but when it's a creative process, you want to just be free and do whatever with no consequences. So upvotes are super nice, but they shouldn't be a goal, should be a, direct consequence of you making a super great no- notebook right yeah i don't have many upvotes on lots of my notebooks that i'm super happy about so it's just it's the algorithm it's how people perceive it maybe you like it more than other people so don't be impressed by upvotes directly
0: and the the uh, the Enjoyment of your process definitely comes through. Even in the uh, Rick and Morty sentiment analysis, you had put the cartoons in the plots and uh, also they're color-coded the plots to match uh, the characters' colors.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Gigi Plot, or I don't know, there is a library that has color codes. It's called Rick and Morty. It's like, oh, okay. I need to use it. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't even, <laughs> it's a library that does that.
0: <laughs> i learned something new um i have a few questions that are uh, broad uh, mm-hmm. short ones uh, so if 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 i may it's 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 a rapid fire based on kaggle yeah okay uh the favorite kernel you've authored i right.
1: to date i think still the deep learning ones I'm doing one on this. It's a short fire. I'm doing, I'm currently working at the the Kegel survey one and that might be my best work yet, but it's not finished. So I'm going to say deep learning notebooks.
0: Uh, Favorite kernel you've read? Ah.
1: I think the one from uh, Chris Deote on ION competition. He did there some very interesting. It's called, uh, one feature model, I think, or one something like that. Yes. It was amazing the way he treated the problem and he showed through graphs. I highly recommend it for anyone who wants to know how to kind of normalize the data, remove drift and see a great human in action.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, I know you're not biased to any frameworks, but if you were to pick your fr- favorite frameworks for different uh, purposes, let's say uh, plotting, uh, modeling, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which ones would they be?
1: Like uh, libraries, or um, I would say, <laughs> I would still say I think
0: PyTorch. And for plotting.
1: Uh, for plotting. No, uh, ggplot for uh, Python seaborn. Yes, but ggplot is amazing for R. So I usually, uh, if you want to do visualization and easy, uh, you can do better with R.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, Favorite competition.
1: So far, I think the melanoma one, the melanoma competition. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, so that that's sort of the end of the first rapid <laughs> fire. Uh, <laughs> I went back to your post uh, and you actually also went back to it after you became a master, notebooks master. Uh, mm-hmm. And you said that Kaggle was very monumental in your uh, professional journey as well. Uh, what was helpful? How do you suggest other people to utilize Kaggle? And if you could share those stories as well.
1: So... I never expected uh, Kaggle to be such a huge, huge platform for me, but it is indeed. And I know uh, there are people like myself a a few months ago that had their doubts in Kaggle. Uh, So I was finishing my master's and I was prepared to get a job and i was going to the market interviewing and i remember most of the interviewers i was like i was like oh do you know kegel poker face (laughs) (laughs) or oh i've heard of it so you know that if the person never heard of it they can't appreciate um the struggle you put into a gold medal. They just see a gold medal or a silver medal or some upvotes and they're like, oh yeah, well, but they don't understand the struggle into it. So why should I put so much effort into capital? I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> because whenever, whatever your level is, maybe you're a beginner, you feel like you're intermediate, intermediate or advanced, you can't really show what you you can do just by talking, or just by being, or going to an interview and saying, "Yeah, I know to code how to code Python." And even that, I feel like in the industry, the interviewing still, especially in the computer science field, I feel it it needs to work a bit because most of the companies. Uh, For example, I've had companies that uh, interviewed me on code, which would be for a computer, uh, like a software engineer. But I'm a data scientist. Why don't you give me like a project to work on or a Pandas problem? Or even if you give me a Pandas problem, I can't tell you from the top of my head what's the function. But if I Google it, I'm I'm telling you in two minutes, I'm going to find it. So Google is not really used in the process. So the the interviews or the interviews I've been in are are a dreadful process. So Kaggle gave me a portfolio because the difference between me and maybe some other person that maybe might be even more much more skilled than I am is that I am showing that I'm passionate and I'm showing what I know through my notebooks and the scores in the competitions or at least that you are interested and you are doing that in your free time yes whereas this person that's highly skilled they don't show anything so they don't have uh, coverage people can't see you people can't hire you (laughs) yes so or it's a little bit harder i'm not saying you need to do Kaggle, but for me it's, it was a win-win process. You learn, you get to know new people, and they're excited. So it kind of sticks to you, and you're getting excited just because they are super excited. And, oh, my God, I would like to code more instead of watching TV just because they are so excited, and I am now excited. Uh, and lastly, because you have a portfolio. So in an interview, for example, you can show, look what I I know – to do. And we can start the conversation from there. Now, Kaggle is getting bigger and bigger. I'm not saying all the companies know about Kaggle. But for example, um, I'm working at the moment in Dava. And it helped me, Kaggle helped me a lot because I think he's now on I think 10 or 11 ranking but Gabriel Preda who is also a Romanian and I remember in January February I was a noob I think I was contributor or something like that uh, I saw that a Romanian guy is in top 10 or around there and I was like oh this is huge and I followed him and in a few months he started noticing me back and It was nice to have a grandmaster notice you and recognize your achievements. So when I was like, okay, I would like to get a job. I also asked him, you wouldn't get that if you were just looking on LinkedIn. And through the process, he liked me, he liked me back. And uh, I ended up at Ndava, which is amazing. And it's an amazing company. Like, I kind of wished to be in a company like that when I graduated. So I'm super lucky that I am. So it's, Gagel got me a job in okay.
0: the you, you mentioned this is uh, like a dream job to you in, in your uh, comment on, on your original post. Can you tell us what, what, what does a day in your life uh, at Endava look like? What problems are you solving? Uh, what tasks are you working on?
1: So, uh, Endava is a like, project, I, I don't know if I'm going to use the right word. So a project based company. So we have lots of projects from clients and we are working in teams to solve them, right? And I am currently in uh, this team and we are working um, uh, with a client that kind of uh, on feature information extraction. So there are are these PDF files that uh, went, I didn't do this stuff. Uh, I came in the team when they already had been doing this stuff, but what they did was uh they used ocr to extract the content and the kind of structure of the pdf files afterwards uh went them through a classification using nlp and uh after the classification of the documents in like let's say five five classes you then start the information information extraction which is hugely advanced from what I've been seeing and uh it's they they are super highly skilled people and um, they are using all these methods and functions that they've created to to extract information from for for the client kind of to not need to go through each file to just be an automated process what I love about Endava is especially um I love the fact that you don't have to do the same thing all the time. So you can be in a project when you're doing, for example, NLP, and afterwards you can move into a project when you do machine learning and maybe another project where you do more visualization or dashboards for clients and so on. So this goes hand in hand with me wanting to explore as much as possible and learn as much as possible in the process, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, this is uh, the final and uh, repeat question that I asked to everyone and get very different answers, very insightful answers. What's your uh, favorite or best advice to noob taglers who are just starting out in their journey? Uh,
1: use LinkedIn and Twitter. So I've been talking about Kaggle a lot and I think, Maybe I'm going to move a little bit. It's amazing and just do Kegel. But in my personal experience, Kegel wasn't just enough uh, because you want to get yourself out there. And uh, at this moment, in this uh, area, in, in this stage of life, there's a lot of competitivity there. Come, yeah, uh, And you want to show what you can do and interact with as many people as possible. So socializing and creating your community of data scientists and entering into the community because it's a huge community. And I've realized after a few months that I'm starting to memorize the names without even trying or recognizing the person and their uh, capa- capabilities and what they are doing only by looking at the photo right <laughs> so <laughs> it's a big community but it's not that big so after a few months maybe a year you're starting to get to know people uh so going i and i have i I had a friend that told me this early in the beginning uh and I'm super grateful for LinkedIn so showing your work on LinkedIn, following or requesting friendship from data scientists and going on Twitter and building your community there, I would recommend uh, staying in that field. I don't, uh, so let's say you are passionate about art, data science and football. I would recommend keeping it in the data science field. And maybe uh, go with maybe another account in to, throughout your other passions. But when people know about you and you know they are data science person, it's it's better to get you um, to get you out there. And another uh, another thing is talk with people and try to connect with them because you're gonna gonna learn so many things from them Uh, i don't know how is it in in your country but in mine twitter isn't very used so it was very hard to get on twitter i had 10 followers i think for three months (laughs) and then i got to 30 (laughs) in six months or something like that so i was posting basically for myself but it's a process and you are getting to know people from so many areas of the world and you are getting messages or you can answer them and help them and engage with them. So that's extremely important and adds value a lot. So don't just keggle but use social media to put yourself out there.
0: Yeah. That's great advice. Uh, So I have a few personal questions that I'd like to end the interview with. Uh, Hopefully these are somewhat difficult. Uh, The (laughs) first one is your uh, favorite spot or country or any place you've visited in Europe. I've I've learned you've traveled quite a bit in Europe. Uh,
1: For what I've been traveling so far, and I haven't been traveling a lot, uh, I think it's still Belfast. It was such a little kind of cozy place but still big enough to feel the city and it, the air there is amazing uh, there's almost no pollution whatsoever compared with Bucharest so you kind of feel your brain relaxing
0: <laughs> okay uh, favorite hike uh, you've ever done
1: favorite hike oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know I did my homework <laughs>
1: um, I don't know Maybe that's too far back But I remember um, I had a hike With uh, my colleagues From Avon uh, And it was I think February And it was snowing super heavy And we ended up Like we drove from work on Friday To the hike And it took like three hours and we arrived at 6 pm the sun was it was completely dark and we started hiking in completely darkness with i think one meter of snow and it was snowing and it took us i think three hours to get three or four hours and we got lost in so it was the forest and you had the marks but at some point you were having an open space and you wouldn't have any marks, and it was peach dark, so you couldn't see anything. And I thought I was gonna die <laughs> on that hike, so they needed to send somebody to get us. Uh, it was blizzard, it was no, but it was favorite just because the soup afterwards was amazing, and the sleep was, I. I completely blacked out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I live in the mountains, but these things are scary when you're in it, and make great uh, conversation starters later on.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um, last one. Uh, your favorite Gary V. advice. I learned that you're a Gary V. fan.
1: Oh, okay. Using Dean, I think is, I, and it's. Not, I don't think it's my favorite, but it's the first thing I am thinking about uh, right now. He had the. Uh, Brand Minds uh, interview and he was saying that on LinkedIn y- you there isn't any platform social media platform out there besides LinkedIn at the moment where you can have such a big reach so when you're posting on LinkedIn you have reach through your network and abo- uh, above your network so beyond beyond was the word network so, use LinkedIn as I said, uh, to, to get yourself out there and show your work and what you're doing. Yeah,
0: and Radha, thank you for such an amazing interview. You're uh, and Ada Altianu with an extra U you in your username on Twitter for the audience. It's a first name concatenated with a second name followed by an extra you. Uh, you're also there on LinkedIn. Uh, any other platforms where people can connect with you?
1: I think that's Kego.
0: sorry and I
1: think that's it (laughs) yeah
0: thanks again for such an amazing conversation about your journey and such an insightful interview
1: thank you so much thank you your questions were amazing
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to give it a review or feel free to shoot me a message. You can find all of the social media links in the description. If you like the show, please subscribe and tune in each week to Chai Time Data Science.